This week, Matt interviews local musician Michael Seymour. From 8th Street to 8 Mile Road, from I-5 to Highway 99, Podcast Stockton. Stockton. I love this town. Most miserable city? I don't think so. The show all about the great life in Stockton, California. This is Podcast Stockton. Welcome to Podcast Stockton, episode 27 for Friday, February the 12th, 2010. I'm Rod Villagomez. And I'm Matt Beckwith. Uh, welcome back, returning listeners. If this is your first time listening to the show, thanks for joining us. If you have comments for us, leave us a message at 209-565-3229 or send them to mail at podcaststockton.com. Coming up on today's show, things to do for Valentine's Day in Stockton. A restaurant review. A big ball of sports. My conversation with an eager job seeker. Matt's interview with Michael Seymour, musician. And what was your first tech? So this weekend is Valentine's Day. Big weekend for love. Yeah, and um, Valentine's Day on a Sunday. Yeah, that's kind of weird. That, that almost doesn't feel right. You know, I, I've always wondered. I shouldn't wonder. I'm married. I know the answer to this. <laughs> if your significant other, if your lady friend works with other people anywhere where there are other people, you are required to send flowers. Correct. On Valentine's Day. Otherwise... um. Your lady friends, work friends will think you're a loser. Right. But if it's on a Sunday, do you really have to send flowers on a Friday? Yes. <laughs> do you really? <laughs> I think conventional wisdom says you have to. Absolutely. It's it's not see, but to, to the to the lady friend, it's not about the day. It's it's about the expression. And if they know it's on a weekend. It's about showing their friends, look, ha- look, I got flowers. Yep. And rubbing it into the noses of the girls that didn't get it. Years ago, my wife used to, she would say, you never send me flowers on Valentine's Day. And I always say, I send my flowers on a random day of the year. Random. When it's not expected. I think that's more romantic. July 21st. Oh, you almost got my anniversary. That was scary. Oh, nice. I um, So I said, you know what? You never send me flowers. <laughs> you never sent me flowers at work. And at this time, I was working in a call center in, in Stockton. And um, it, it, was, it was a small office, but... Um, that day was Valentine's day and, um, there was a, the guy that runs the the front desk came back and said, Matt, you have a delivery. And this was like right, right before five o'clock. And I'm thinking, there's no way my wife sent me flowers. (laughs) Went up there and there was a bouquet of cookies. Love it. Have you ever seen those, uh, cookie bouquet things? I have. I have. I love those things. Yeah, so uh, she um, she put me to shame because everybody at work knew that I didn't send my wife flowers because I gave them the whole, I do it on a random day, blah, blah, blah. But, of course, I look like a heel because my wife sent me something. Well, see, now, at least your wife actually likes flowers. Mine, my, I don't know, she, she doesn't like flowers unless they are a specific type of rose, an orange rose. That's the only type of flower she ever likes. I mean, I've gotten her flowers maybe... I could count it on one hand over the course of the five years in our relationship because she just, she, every time I bring her flowers, she's like, it's just a waste of money because they're going to die. And so I don't get to be the sweeping romantic guy with flowers. Um, I have to think out of the box every year, <laughs> literally out of the box, out of the flower box. I have to start thinking uh, differently. 
And uh, so again, like we hardly ever celebrate Valentine's Day um, just because it's one of those packaged holidays that I don't appreciate. Um, I'm going to show my love 365 days of the year. I don't need Hallmark telling me I need to do it on the 14th of February. Spoken like a true man. Absolutely. I don't need Hallmark. No. So uh, what can you what can you do? I mean, we're, we're a couple of guys and tech geeks and podcasters. But, you know, Valentine's Day is about the ladies. Yes, it is. So what can you do for your lady on Valentine's Day in Stockton? Well, in Stockton, there's a, a bunch of great restaurants to take your lady friend out to. Uh, of course, a lot of them... There on the Miracle Mile, if you're if you're feeling that way, if you want to go into Lincoln Center, tons of restaurants there. And uh, if it were me, and if I were going to be in town on Valentine's uh, Saturday, well, actually this weekend, the movie Valentine's Day opens in theaters, uh, and that's got everybody under the sun in that movie. And I know my fiance is anxious to see it, so I would be eating dinner at an establishment of her choice, of course, of course, uh, catching that movie. And then uh, quite possibly grabbing some ice cream at Baskin Robbins when we were done. Nice. The uh, um, Valentine's Day movie, uh, that's the one that has like everybody in the world in it. Yeah, it's actually got everybody in Hollywood in it. This is uh, one of those movies. Wow. Um, I I don't know if I've seen the previews enough to know what it's about, but I've caught a couple glimpses and every time I look, I'm like... It's is another this the one same of those, movie? Yeah, it's another one of those movies that has like 15 different plot lines. Think of it as the uh, love actually of two uh, of 2010. That oh, movie was uh, that movie had everybody in like 15 different plot lines in it. And I think this is going to be the same thing. Oh, so another movie that uh, one could probably confuse me. So yeah. Yeah. But oh, your lady that. wants to see it. So you're going to have to see it. But now right. what if you're a man, what would you want done? Oh, you got to go to a, to a thunder game. Amen. <laughs> yeah. I don't think, uh, I don't think my wife, although my wife loves to go to thunder games. I don't think, that she would consider that very romantic. Um, you know, you mentioned Lincoln Center and reminded me to um, to go to their Facebook site because they always put up some great specials up there. And um, they have a special this Friday at uh, Santiago's, a dinner for two for thirty four ninety five. Um, they also have a Sunday brunch from ten to three on Valentine's Day. So there's lots of stuff going on at uh, at Lincoln Center um, for dinner, and also Papa Pablo's, which I still have yet to have uh, try. So someday I'll have to get to Papa Pablo's. But yeah, I, I, you know, my wife and I, we don't celebrate Papa Pop. We don't celebrate Papa Pablo's. We don't celebrate. We <laughs> you don't would ce- celebrate Papa Pablo's you if you've been there. We don't celebrate Valentine's Day. Um, or we don't go out of our way to celebrate Valentine's Day. But um, we we did go out um, last night for dinner, and uh, you'll actually get a restaurant review of that coming up in this episode. But we considered that our Valentine's Day, and, and all that means is it was our excuse to go to dinner without the kids. And when the kids complained. Um, we said, hey, this is our Valentine's Day. And so they, leave us alone. Yeah, so they, they stopped complaining. And then, of course, at the end of the show, uh, Wes called in with his things going on in Stockton with a uh, Valentine Valentine theme, of course. Um, so uh, for all of you couples out there, um, happy Valentine's Day. For all of you people that hate the idea that Hallmark has created this fake holiday, um, happy, happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, happy <laughs> Sunday. Hey, we want to know what you did, though, too. So if... Uh, if at any point on Sunday or if you already know what you're going to do, uh, let us know. Just leave us a message on Facebook or tweet it to us or call us and just because we want to know what you did on Valentine's Day. We want to know how the other half lives.
So my wife and I decided to try a New Mexican restaurant uh, recently after I had heard about it on uh, Twitter from Wes over at Stockton underscore CVB. La Palma Mexican Cuisine is in the space that used to be Back Bay and uh, many years before that used to be the Bull and Bear. So uh, happy that another restaurant has opened up on the mile. It's a great place to go down and eat. So uh, we went there and, and had dinner. It was a, it was a weeknight and uh, it wasn't packed by any stretch of the imagination, but there were quite a few groups of people there. So uh, that was good to see the restaurant bringing in some business, especially a new restaurant uh, during the week out on the Miracle Mile. My wife ordered the carne asada with shrimp, and I ordered a simple uh, taco and enchilada combo. Can't usually go wrong with that. The food was good. It wasn't great, but it was good. Um, I uh, would say that it's, it's on par with some of my other favorite Mexican restaurants here in town. They had black beans, which uh, I was pretty happy about because a lot of times I go to a restaurant and I want black beans, and they only have refried beans or pinto beans, so I was happy that I could get black beans. The salsa was good. There was uh, two kinds of salsa. The mild was was good. It, it uh, again, it wasn't absolutely awesome, but it was really good. And um, the hot stuff was actually too hot for me. And uh, I have a pretty high heat tolerance, but uh, I stayed away from that stuff. I read some reviews on Yelp, and a couple of people said they didn't like the salsa. And um, I was surprised because uh, the salsa wasn't bad. And if uh, certainly if there's a Mexican restaurant and the salsa is not good at all, I will likely not go back at all. Um, but all in all, my wife and I were both, uh, I would say, impressed. It's a, it's a nice restaurant. Uh, like that it's a local place. They just opened up, uh, I think, late December. This is their uh, only restaurant in town. And uh, so that, that gets a couple extra points as far as I'm concerned. But again, the, the food was good. It was consistent. And uh, it's exactly what I expected. The one thing that seemed odd to me was that the menu said you only get one refill on um, iced tea or soda. And I'm a big iced tea drinker. And uh, usually I'll throw back quite a few. I know, heavy drinker here, but um, I don't know if they charge me because I didn't actually look at the receipt, but I would be disappointed if I had to pay two bucks for uh, every time I got a refill of tea. But like I said, I don't know if they charge me or not, or if that's just to discourage um, people from getting too much. But uh, that stuff's almost free to make, so hopefully they'll continue to give, or hopefully they'll, they'll give free refills. Um, my vote would be to definitely go back. It's a good good new place to get some uh, Mexican food, and uh, great to have another restaurant on the mile, especially since uh, Back Bay closed. And um, again, if you would like to review a restaurant or have us review a restaurant, uh, just give us a call or send us an email. So uh, La Palma Mexican Cuisine is on the Miracle Mile at 2301 Pacific Avenue. Their phone number is 941-4179, and they're open seven days a week, 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. This is Michael Seymour from Suddenly Seymour, and you're listening to Podcast Stockton. Hey, 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 Podcast Stockton listeners, it is your friend, John Remington, coming at you once again with the As of the Week. This week on ClouseofGoodies.com, we have a beautiful bridesmaid's dress for sale, a couch and a loveseat, and a refrigerator. And don't forget, my friends, Valentine's Day is right around the corner, so check ClouseofGoodies.com for all those awesome Valentine's Day specials. Thank you for using our website where it's always free for you to search and post ads. And thank you for listening to Podcast Stockton. Time for a sports update with Lowell Tuckerman. With Lowell Tuckerman. With Lowell Tuckerman. 
Lowell Tuckerman here with your podcast Stockton Sports Update. Here's what's going on this week in Stockton Sports. The Stockton Thunder will take on the Ontario Reign Friday, February 12th at 7.30 p.m. in the Stockton Arena. For tickets, call 373-1700 or you can go online to StocktonThunder.com. The Thunder are 21-18 on the season and they currently are seven points behind the division-leading Bakersfield Condors. The California Cougars will also be in town this weekend on Saturday, February 13th at 7 p.m. They'll take on San Diego in the Stockton Arena. For tickets, go to californiacougars.net. The final home game for Delta Mustangs basketball will be Tuesday, February 16th against Kasumnas River. The ladies will get started at 6, and the men's will get started at 8. It is also sophomore night for Delta College on Tuesday, February 16th. The New Orleans Saints beat the Indianapolis Colts 31-17 in Super Bowl 44, and our very own Rod Gomez went on Delta College Radio last week to offer up his prediction on how the game would shake out. I'm going to say that it is the Saints by the score of 35 to 23, I'm going to say that uh, the Saints wow. at least score one defensive touchdown. Manning in the shotgun puts Collie in motion, looks in his direction. It's picked off! It's picked off! It's Tracy Porter again! He's running free! He's going to go all the way! Hand out stretch! It is a Saint touchdown! 70 yards on the return! 70 yards on the return by Porter! He did it to Favre, and now he's done it to Manning! Not bad, Rod, not bad. That is your podcast, Stockton Sports Update. I'm Lil Tuckerman. Now back to Matt Beckwith and Rod Gomez. So I'm not Chris Berman, just for anybody who actually got that uh, idea in their head. Uh, and You're not you, the Swami? I'm not the Swami, although I pretty much uh, could have been this last week, huh? Hey, you called it closer than any, any other score um, that I had heard called, so documented proof too you know what uh you know what i, I need to talk to lowell because you know what he should have done he should have just he should have just had you re-record it after the fact and made you sound like you, you nailed it <laughs> the modern wonders of science and yeah. technology so uh yeah you called it you called the right team you, you almost called the exact score so that was uh that was pretty impressive and the defensive touchdown too, and the, the defensive way. touchdown yeah that's true so uh the saints came marching home they won they are the new Super Bowl champs. I love it. Especially um, the first time that they've ever been there. I love when teams do that. That, to me, is what football is all about. Yeah, I agree. Um, so you watched the game, obviously. Oh, I could not. I mean, any self-respecting sports fan, if they're anywhere else, then uh, they should be for shame. So you watched the Super Bowl during your your uh, Twitter and social media hiatus. How, was that easy or was it or was it refreshing? Because Twitter was blowing up during the Super Bowl. I, I think it might have been refreshing. I mean, not not to slight any of my Twitter friends, but man, I mean, first of all, I didn't need the updates. That that definitely is something that I wouldn't have needed. But uh, as far as this trash bet too, we'll get to that in a second. But uh, I'm sure there was a bunch flying on that. Uh, no, I don't know. It was kind of refreshing just because I, I haven't watched a, a game or or an event without having some sort of social media open around me. Mm-hmm. So I actually socialized for once in a while uh, with my family and friends that were there watching the game with us. I was at um, my brother's house and I think we counted 11 iPhones and there were 
uh, you might as well call it a tweet up because <laughs> I mean, it, I was there. Uh, f- um, of course, Mike Bravo Eleven and Forever December. Uh, J.R. Beckwith, M.H. Kitty, eight eight eighty, Manuel Montez, Estebry one. I mean, there's a lot of people on Twitter there. Um, I should have been with you then, and then I could have lived vicariously on Twitter through you guys. I actually liked uh, the game was awesome. The, I was, you know, Manuel Montez tweeted because I almost jumped through my brother's TV when uh, that that uh, interception for a touchdown happened. In fact, you didn't you miss this, Rod? But I had tweeted five minutes before that, at the beginning of that drive, that offensive drive um, for the Colts, I tweeted, all right, we need a pick six right now. And everybody was like, no, that's not going to happen. And then five minutes later, on the same on the same offensive drive, it happened. I called it. I am, once again, um, a fortune teller. Fear the hosts of podcast stocking for yes. they see your future. Yes. Um, but I liked... I liked watching Twitter because of people talking about the commercials. Uh, there was lots of commentary about the commercials and, uh, interacted with a few people that I normally don't interact with, but, uh, I think it was about the commercials. Did you, did you have any, any favorite, any favorite spots? I had two favorites, uh, two favorites and then one second backup, uh, or one honorable mention only because I hate the guy and I love that they made fun of him. Um, but the first one would have to be, and the one that I laughed the hardest, uh, was the first one that I saw. And that was the Doritos one where the uh, dog collar, the the dog took off the collar, put it on the guy, and started barking. I'll still laugh at that one right now. Uh, it was amazing to me because of a couple of things. One, because I, I you know, uh, being a film uh, student, being somebody who's who studied the art of making a commercial, uh, that was just genius, genius from the outset. And the way uh, the dog did what he did, you know, as an animation, yeah, I mean that was a genius commercial, and yeah. it had a great punchline. It, it was good. Uh, second. And it only because it's Megan Fox in a bathtub. There's no other reason for that to be any good than <laughs> Megan Fox in a bathtub making everybody else screw up at work because she posted a picture on Twitter. That was pretty funny. Yeah, that was a great one. So of course, and then that was a you know social media, the usage of social media. I wonder what would happen if I posted this. See, we're in a different world now. Yeah. Um. And then the honorable mention goes to uh, of course the Brett Favre commercial only because it was 2020 and Brett Favre is saying, yeah, I might retire. Oh no, uh, maybe. So those were my three, I guess. Nice. So I I will say that um, I think the commercials were great, and I loved the the Doritos commercials. I think if you assign a winner um, at the at the company level, not the individual commercial level, you got to call. You, you either got to call a winner to Doritos, or you give them a tie with Bud Light. I mean, Bud Light, Bud Light brings it every year. Um, they did they did this year as well. Um, but I will say that. My, uh, I liked the, um, the Dorito commercial with the dog. I also really liked the Dorito commercial with the guy that got the Dorito right in the neck. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that was good. The, that but my favorite ad was the Bud Light ad where everybody's talking like T-Pain. <laughs> oh God, I, I hate T-Pain. So I hated that commercial, but I loved it because it was funny. You know, there's an iPhone app that that will make you sound like T Pain. So all of us were like, "Oh, we got to download this because we got to all talk like T Pain." Um, and you know, the download for that app blew up after that ad. I'm sure <laughs> that was great. So yeah, it was a awesome, awesome game, awesome ads, and of course, I won the Trash Bowl. Dun, 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 dun. Trash Bowl 2010. I am victorious. Uh, Andy Panasco, Brewery 33 on Twitter. Um, is a man of his word, and he 
has said uh, he's just waiting on instructions. So I've gotten a couple of suggestions from other people, and I'm not yet ready to make the announcement. My front yard is out of the mix, by the way, you guys. Uh, just just to <laughs> let you guys know. I'd love it, but it's out of the mix. Hey, if, if the bet was for pulling weeds, I'd have them come in my backyard. <laughs> but I will still find a spot for him, and, and I, will, I will let him know before I announce it publicly. Um, but uh, I, am, I am only days away from making... Um, making my selection, but uh, the groundbreaking. Yes, good on you, Andy, for uh, stepping up. Stockton wins, and um, you know it's a very uh, uh, interesting way to, uh, to to settle a bet. And uh, more to come on that. And one last subject on the subject of sports this week: um, the Thweet Up, the Stockton Thunder Twitter gang is uh, meeting this Friday on uh, at uh, the Stockton Thunder at, on the twelfth, I think game. Starts at 7.30. We've already got, I think, like 14 or 15 tickets sold. There's still some more left. Um, but wait, Matt, don't you have a couple yourself oh, left? I do. But wait, there's more. I have two extra tickets. So uh, if there's anybody out there listening that hasn't already bought tickets that would like to go to the game, and uh, uh, you are in this within the sound of my voice, um, just give me a call or tweet me or text me or Facebook me, send me a message. And uh, I will, I'll hold them for you. You just got to meet me there at, at seven thirty. Um, well, I can before get that right. You oh yeah, before seven thirty. That's true. Grab your Bud Light. Yeah, just just call me Bud Light Blue Moon if you go into the Thunder. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, so there's, I have two extra tickets because Rod, you know, I got I got the ticket for you and Linda, and you guys aren't coming, so uh, I have two extra tickets. So give me a call. We'd love to see you at the at the Thunder game. We're gonna have a gonna have a, quite a fun Twitter night. I'll miss Why? you guys. Yeah, and there's a few people that haven't been to game to a game yet, and um, they don't know yet. But there's not very good cell coverage inside the arena. Absolutely, because there's not. too many people trying to tweet. Yeah, well, we'll have to do another tweet up in March when I'm able to go. Yeah, there you go. Okay, I'm joined today by uh, Dwight Richards. Dwight, as I'm driving down Pacific and Ben Holt, I uh, noticed you got a sandwich board that says "Will work for a career." So, what are you doing out here? I'm looking for a new career. Um, I was an independent contractor and had my own truck, uh, own operator, and contract ended, and now I have to take my creativity and make something happen. And so I'm out here, and also I am uh, just finished my associate's degree in business administration in December, and now working towards my bachelor's in operations management. And so I'm looking to get my foot in the door of some company where I can put my education to work. Great. So ideally, what would be the um, what would be the type of company that should hire you? Uh, it would be a uh, FedEx, UPS, uh, so many different uh, companies that deal with getting things, uh, materials from one place to another. So it's it's open to many, many careers, usually business to business. All right. And Dwight, in, uh, in you know, 10 seconds or less or 20 seconds or less, why should one of these companies hire you? Well, first of all, uh, look at me out here on the street corner. I'm innovative. I'm creative. And I really think outside the box, and people matter to me. All right, great. Well, uh, yeah, standing on the street corner sometimes brings different um, uh, images to mind, but I, I will vouch for you. You're dressed sharp, you're wearing a suit, you're wearing a shirt and tie and a coat, so uh, very presentable. So best of luck to you. And if, if uh, prospective employers want to uh, want to get a hold of you, how can they do that? I'm at 209-423-6304. Great. Thanks a bunch, Dwight. Thank you. You know, I once held a sign 
uh, in high school that said world work for prom date and it didn't work out well for me then. So I know this guy, he, uh, I know what it's like to stand out with a sign on your, on your neck. And, uh, it's, it's definitely an innovative way to get attention and attention he got. And what a great way to, to just prove that he's not out for a handout. There's, you know, the guy standing out in a suit, he's, uh, you know, well put together, well-versed and, uh, you know, I really, I really hope good things come out of this for me. Yeah. You know, I was, uh, driving down Pacific Avenue and I saw him and I honked and waved and I'm like, what am I doing? I have a, I mean, I can record audio on my iPhone. So I pulled back around, pulled up in the gas station, walked out and kind of got his attention. And as he started walking up, he just said, you know, stuck his hand out and said, hi, my name's Dwight Richards. So, um, I introduced myself, told him about podcast talk and asked him if I could have a couple words and yeah, definitely, uh, definitely creative. I don't think I've ever seen anybody stand on a street corner with a sandwich board dressed in nice clothes, clothes that you would go to an interview in. So, um, that was very cool. Uh, Dwight, if you're listening, best of luck to you. Um, and, uh, hopefully you'll, you'll find that next great career and the perfect employer will have spotted you, um, either, uh, on the street corner or from the podcast. And I know if you have that much dedication to do what you've done, uh, any employer will be absolutely lucky to land you, sir. Yeah, and besides um, besides appearing on our fine show, uh, Rod, you sent me a link today. He was, uh, he was on News 10. Yes, he was. But but should you ever question it, Matt from Podcast Stockton was there first. <laughs> we just had to wait till Friday to put out the audio clip. Oh. We have to look into getting some Podcast Stockton <laughs> exclusives going on here. I um, uh, I mean, you know, Tim Daly's from Stockton, and and at least that's what I've heard. But he's, um, I think he does a pretty good job covering things that happen in Stockton. So it was great to to get him um and his uh, video crew out there to film him. That was, I'm sure, pretty exciting um, for Dwight as well to get some. Uh, you know, to get first me to show up on one day and stick an iPhone in his face and ask him about his story. And then the, you know, the next day to have a uh, news 10, um, come out and do a video clip. That was a uh, pretty cool, put a link in the show notes to the video clip as well. And, um, of course, if, um, you want to hire, um, you want to hire Dwight phone number is uh, four, two, three, six, three, zero, four. I'm joined live today in the Outback Studios by Michael Seymour from Suddenly Seymour. Michael, thanks for joining us live today. No problem. Glad to be here. So uh, I've been following you a little while on uh, on Twitter and checking out your music on uh, MySpace and YouTube. You're uh, a talented musician, and I'm glad to uh, to have you in studio and glad that you brought your acoustic guitar. We'll get to that a little bit later. Um, so uh, let's start right off with, uh, with your musical background. How, how long have you been playing music? I was born into music through my dad playing his whole life, basically, so I was always had a music background, but I was never any good until I basically got into high school, and and then once I started getting good, then I started getting passionate about it, really. So so what did, you, what did your dad play? He plays bass mostly in bands, but at home he does a lot of acoustics, so I think that's where it led me into wanting to do an acoustic. Yeah, is, it, uh, is, it, is there a lot of pressure when, you're, when your dad plays guitar and bass and uh, you're growing up trying to learn? Yeah, there is, because he could just hear a song on the radio or anything and just play it right away, or or he sings all his life, so when I was learning how to sing, I felt like he was almost like watching me and thinking he could do better, so. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, did, did, he, did he help you, give you pointers? Did, did he teach you how to play an instrument? Uh, he gave me a lot of tips and still does to this day. He has a lot of little things that I still am learning, but I learn a lot on my own just by trial and error, basically. 
Yeah. So, so uh, how old were you when you first uh, officially picked up the guitar and started playing? I think six years old, but then I broke the guitar and amp. So, and then I just played toy guitar until I was about 13 or 14 again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You break something. Yeah. Uh, you're going to have to take a little sabbatical from the real yeah. thing. So uh, do you remember what your first guitar was? It was a silver tone and it came in like a pack with a little mini amp. Oh, silver tone. Never heard of that. Yeah. Was uh, how, how, how big was the amp? It was like a little five watt, I think, or something. Oh wow! Was it was it big enough you could carry around and you know play it at the same time? Or yeah, it was basically you could. Hold, I think it even had a strap to put on your back. I believe <laughs> <laughs> that's classic. I, I remember those uh, those those little lamps. They actually always remind. Every time I see one, it reminds me of the movie La Bamba. <laughs> there's a uh, Richie Valens playing this little tiny, you know, it's probably a two or three inch speaker mm-hmm. amp, and uh, you know he became famous for a while. So uh, starting off uh, when you were young, what what kind of music did you play around? You know, did your dad, did you, were you influenced by your dad's style or were you out on your own? I think at first growing up, I only listened to classic rock. So I got all my background through that. A lot of Hendrix and Eric Clapton, a lot of blues actually. And then, so that's that background. But then later on, as I grew up, I started exploring my own today's generation music. And then I got a lot into the eighties glam rock. And then now as I'm getting older, I've gotten a lot into the acoustic artists and kind of the indie pop scene. Well, that's a pretty wide spectrum to go from uh, uh, like Jimi Hendrix to, uh, you know, to glam rock. But uh, it, it says you, you should at least know um, a thing or two about rhythm and then you should know your basic power chords. I yes. Guess. <laughs> and, your, and your three chord songs of the 80s. Right. Everything revolves around the three chords. Um, so tell me a little bit about the music you're playing today. What style would you consider that? I consider it indie pop with a little bit of alternative, I guess, once you make it electric, which I'm doing when I record. So, but when it's just by itself, it's probably indie pop. Yeah. And, um, um, you've, uh, you've been playing live for a little while now. Um, you play live in Stockton anywhere? Yeah. I play plea for peace a lot and the empire theater when they do the open mics and Blackwater a lot. And then, I play out of town a lot too, but mostly Stockton. Oh yeah, Stockton have a so what 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 do you think about the Stockton music crowd? Is there a stock is there a music good music crowd here? I think there's a really good music crowd, and UOP students right now are are really coming together. They've got me on a show this Saturday at Plea for Peace, which is an all acoustic show, I believe, and it's just a bunch of UOP kids, and they invited me because I went and saw their acoustic show. So, well, I've I've I keep saying this but i keep saying it on air and, and one time i'm gonna get down there but i've never been to plea for peace um and i hear about their shows on twitter i need to get down there and uh certainly if you're playing i i, I need to get down there because uh at least i'll know somebody i guess yeah <laughs> so besides your dad michael who would you consider to be your musical influences um right now my biggest ones are ryan adams ben gibbard and uh, John Lennon. Those are my three main ones. Oh, John Lennon going the in the the classic route. Yeah. And um, uh, in your um, in your acoustic stuff, are you uh, are you playing with? Is it just you, or do you have a band? Do you have other musicians playing with you? Tell me about that. When I perform live, it's just by myself. But when I'm working on the CD, it's with other people. So hopefully by the summertime, maybe it'll be a full-blown project if I can get them to do that with me. Otherwise, I'll be happy to still continue it on by myself. Um, so tell me about the CD. What's what's it called, um, and when's it coming out, and all that good stuff? It's going to be called Searching For, and it's going to be coming out probably in May, because I'm recording in early April, and it takes about a month to get the artwork and 
the pressing done on that. So hopefully by May. And um, uh, this is a, f- a full band production. This isn't just acoustic. Yeah, full band. There will be piano, drums, bass, electric guitars, all layered over the top of the acoustic and singing. Okay. And uh, is it all original? Some covers? On the CD, it's all original. But when I play live, I do covers here and there. Okay. And who do you cover? I've covered Elton John, The Beatles, and then some newer stuff like Death Cab for Cutie and Green Day. Okay. So Searching For will be out uh, this summer sometime. Um, when it's finally out, where where can people go buy it? Um, They could buy it off the MySpace. I'll have a uh, PayPal account set up, or and I'm trying to get it in Best Buy and Rasputin as well. So I, I'm completely naive um, in matters related to selling music. So educate me, Michael. I mean, it seems like your music would be a great fit for, um, for Rasputin Records, but Best Buy, how, how do you get into Best Buy? They have a new thing where local artists could actually put their CDs on their shelves now. They just started recently, I found out. Really? And then how do they handle the, you know, I mean, it's they'll ring it up as a piece of merchandise from Best Buy, or how does that work? I think they ring up as a as a uh, piece of merchandise, but then you get, they get so much of it, obviously, because they're kind of advertising you, but yeah. But I, I mean, I don't think you would mind that, No, right? Best Buy is huge, so <laughs> everyone the, goes to Best Buy. They must be the largest, uh, now that there are really no more record stores. Yeah. Um, they're, uh, they must be the largest, well, I think Walmart's the largest seller of music, but you know, when I think somebody's going to go buy a CD in Stockton, they've got to go to Best Buy. Yeah, that's where I go. Um, what about iTunes? You're going to be on iTunes? I'm going to try and get on iTunes as well. Yeah. That'll be cool. Well, I will certainly look out for it. Um, and, uh, certainly, um, we'll blast it out on, uh, on Twitter and here on the show when the, when, when the CD finally comes out again, it's, uh, Searching for coming out sometime this summer, and um, h- how many songs on the CD? It'll be seven, probably. Very cool, very cool. So, um, so let's uh, talk a little bit about tech. Are you, um, are you a, are you a computer guy? Do you record your music on a computer? Do you uh, do full audio production on a PC? What do you do? I write my music a lot on computers. I'm on computers a lot throughout my day. Actually, I'm an internet addict. I guess you could say. <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling. Yeah, I'm up all night sometimes. Just you get lost. So uh, you said you're writing music, but you're not you're not uh, by yourself. You're not recording music on a computer. No, I have like a, a digital recorder I record into, and then I transfer it onto the computer that okay. way. So what 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 kind of digital recorder? It's a Boss BR sixteen hundred. Okay, okay. And are you a PC guy, Mac guy? I do PC. Okay, but I've always wanted to do Mac. Well, uh, I'm certainly biased, but uh, I recorded music on a PC for many years before I uh, started recording music on a on a on a Mac. Well, a lot better platform, I think, for music production. But I think any music production on a computer is always going to be easier than doing it on a hardware-based system like like a Boss or something. Yeah, that's true. Cool. All right. Well, um, um, you said you're an internet addict, so you're spending lots of time on the internet. So uh, where can people find you online? I'm on myspace.com slash suddenly see more rocks and twitter.com slash suddenly 209 and then... On YouTube, it's Boogmon88, B-O-O-G-M-O-N-88. I will certainly put links to all of that stuff um, so you don't have to worry about remembering it later to all the great places. Uh, you have some great videos of some acoustic stuff out on YouTube, so I would encourage listeners to uh, definitely check out that. Um, so speaking of uh, live and acoustic, you did bring your guitar, a very nice-looking guitar. Um, ovation? 
Yes, ovation. Very nice. I'm I'm jealous. Certainly a lot nicer than uh, than my ovation. <laughs> um, you brought your acoustic guitar today. You uh, you you ready to do a song? Yeah, sure. What's the, what's the first one you're gonna do? I'll do the title track. Searching for. All right. Cool. shines down below I can't stop thinking about how my life will go But no one knows what the future will hold Something in We're all searching for something inside. We're all searching for something in We're all searching for something we'll never find. Sandy banks, but all we can ever do is try to make the life we want until we die. Wow. <laughs> that was awesome. That really was. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh that was that was something else. So uh 
So tell me about that song. Um, when did you write that? I wrote that one back in October, I believe. And that one took about two weeks of writing. I couldn't get it the way I wanted it quite, and I kept working at it, and it finally came to that. Do, uh, do, do, do most songs take you two weeks, or do some come faster? Do some a take lot of longer? songs actually on the CD are only about, took me five or ten minutes sometimes, like the core of the song. Yeah. But not the actual whole process, but the main chords and melodies and whatnot. Wow. You ever find that you, you start putting something together and then um, it, just, it just doesn't it, it doesn't fit together and then years later or months and months later it'll pop up again and you'll be able to say, oh, that's why because, you know, I need to put it with this or I need to I need to change the bridge a little bit or something. That's actually the chorus on this one was different words originally and I had the words to a, these were the words to a different song that I don't even have anymore and I just took those words and I was like, oh, that's a cool hook. So it works <laughs> good with these chords. So. Nice. Well, that was, that's, I mean, I'm sitting here in, in amazement because you sound, you sound amazing. Your guitar sounds amazing. Uh, I, I can't wait to uh, see what the full production is like. And, and uh, certainly for a taste, you know, that kind of stuff, uh, like I said, the listeners, you need to get out to plea for peace this weekend and, uh, and watch Michael perform live. Um, so before we let you play one last song, gotta, I can't let you go without asking you the final four. Michael, how long have you been in Stockton? I was born in Lodi, but I've lived in Stockton since I was born. Okay, so you've been here your whole life. Have you, yeah. ever, have you ever ventured away and uh, come back? Are you one of those kind of people? I ventured off in September through December but to L.A., but it didn't work out too well, so I'm back now. So another another reason why I want to, another proof I want to change our motto to Stockton, welcome back. Yeah. So uh, what do you like about Stockton? I like about Stockton is how everything is kind of a community, each section of Stockton is a different community and not, nothing's too far away from each other or you can go out of town to the ocean or the coast or the mountains or anything and it's all right in the middle of basically everything in California. So it's basically just right there. Yeah, that's true. And you're right about one thing. I mean, Stockton's a big city and Stockton's more than one community. Yeah. I mean, there's tons of different communities in this town and, you know, I know people that have spent their whole life on one side of town and never ventured to another side of town. So it's a good point. So um, do you have a favorite Stockton memory? Yeah, my favorite Stockton memory was probably about two or three weeks ago when I got to perform at Plea for Peace Open for the 100 Monkeys. That was about the coolest thing I ever got to do so far because all these people came up afterwards and like I was a star or something because it was a big star band. So I was treated almost that way for the night, so I didn't got that yet. Oh, very nice, very nice. Uh, good crowd, obviously, that night. Yeah, a lot of fun. Cool. So um, when you're not playing music, maybe, what do you, what, what do you like doing for fun in Stockton? I like going to movies a lot with my dad and just basically hanging out and just. Do you have a Do you have a favorite movie theater in town? I like the downtown one. I'm usually a downtown person. Yeah, yeah. Downtown certainly has improved much over the last uh, several years. And the movie I've tried all the movie theaters in Stockton, well, all of them, the couple that are left, I guess. But um, downtown certainly has the best vibe. I would say. Yeah, I like how it feels when you walk in. Very cool. So. Um, once again, uh, tell people where they can find you uh, out, out on the uh, interwebs. You can find me on myspace.com slash suddenly rocks, twitter.com slash, slash suddenly 209, and on YouTube at boogmon88. Great. And again, links to uh, all of those things in the show notes. Michael, thanks for coming uh, live into the Outback Studios, and thanks for bringing your guitar. No problem. Um, you ready for uh, one last tune? Yep. Up early this morning 
saw the clouds roll by my window Pulled the covers up over my head Took those curtains and pulled them close You and I are more than rain There's no stopping us We'll be dancing in the street While the stars sing a song for you and me We'll be sleeping arm in arm While the world watches us from afar than rain We know rain star There's no stopping us Take these words and place them where you want Just don't let me hear them again Take these words and place them where you want Just don't let me them again You and I are more than rain We know rainstorm You and I are more than rain Was it Nintendo? Was it uh, anything older than that? Was it your first uh, computer that actually turned on inside of your house and not in some big laboratory somewhere? We want to know what your first gadget was, and that's what we asked you this last week to come up with. Um, But before we get into people's responses, uh, what was yours, Matt? What was your first gadget? No, I don't remember. Wow, really? Um, you know, I, I will say that uh, the first gaming console I ever remember, I didn't own, um, but my grandparents owned an Atari, and we had Pong. And we just could not, you know, you couldn't believe how much the grandkids fought over, um, <laughs> over, Pong. over Pong. And I swear, we would, you know, we would all want to go down to Fresno to go to our grandparents' house just to play Pong on this small little black and white TV, little round controllers. I don't remember how old I was, but I, you know, maybe 10 or so, but that was the coolest thing in the world to see Pong. And I, I never owned a um, video game console when I was growing up, but my little brother had the, um, the Nintendo system with the first Mario brothers. And I remember watching my little brother play and kind of got hooked on it a little bit, but I never owned it. But that Pong, man, nothing will replace that feeling of playing Pong at, you know, grandma and grandpa's in fresno what pong, about you pong captured the imagination of the world though it was like this little dot can get bounced around yeah yeah that was an amazing concept yes it was well much along that concept is actually what my first what i remember being my first gadget that completely enthralled me to the point where i was like okay that's it i'm a geek for life was um the the old 1970s style 
football electronic games. And I'm not talking about the table ones where the where the things buzzed and went until there was like, you know, everybody was falling down on the on the ground. I'm talking about it was almost like Pong where it was just a little beeping light and uh, and I I sent Matt a picture of it. Yeah, we'll we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, this this was an electronic football game and all it was was uh what was it? 1 2 3 6 buttons. Six buttons. One of them was the kick button, which sent the little beeping light. And I mean, when I say beeping, it's like one pixel or two pixels now uh, long. That's it. And uh, it sent it to the other side of the screen where you would have to use the directional buttons to try to juke the defense, which was like solid red buttons that never (laughs) moved. (laughs) So you just had to try to uh, get from one end to the other. Uh, And there was downs. And there was a couple of other things that you could do. And then you, you flipped it over to the two player and then the other player did the same thing. Um, it was, it was the precursor to the game boy, but boy, was it, it was all I ever wanted to do when I went over to my uncle's house. It was, I actually had one of those. Did you really? And I, I, I didn't remember. I hadn't, you know, thought about that game in in years, (laughs) but you sent the link over and I was like, Oh, I remember my brothers and I fighting over that. It was so captivating and all it was, was just little led lights just blinking. And, uh, you know, you were trying to get it from one end to the other. Um, insane now to think about it because, you know, I have a PSP at home and I'm making entire baseball teams play game, play ball, you know, and literally my guy with my name on the back of the Jersey hitting home runs, like, you know, Barry Bonds swats flies. (laughs) So we, um, so that was some of our first tech. Um, you know, it, it's fun to think about what our children's first tech is. My kids are a little older than, than your little one and you're one on the way. But, you know, even now, any kid, you look at their first tech, you know, they get a laptop as their first tech or whatever. Or an cell phone. iPhone. iPhone. Yeah, that's usually iPod. what they are. But see, now I remember because you, you had br- brought up the whole uh, coveting your brother's Nintendo thing. My cousin, when uh, when Coleco first came out, she had a Coleco vision and I remember watching her play the Smurfs game and being absolutely jealous of her. And then when Nintendo came out, she got the Nintendo before I did. So, um, yeah, she, she was bigger on the uh, game consoles than I was. I, and then I got a hand me down Atari when Atari or when Nintendo had first come out. So, so, uh, speaking of Coleco, you know, I, I actually forgot to tweet out, um, a message asking everybody to call in. So we didn't, we didn't get any voicemail this week. So uh, you guys are going to have to do better. You're going to have to just remember to call in after you listen to the show with our, our, our tech segment. We don't but, need to um, remind you. Yeah, we did, uh, we did get some responses on Facebook. Um, Tim said, uh, you know, if we're talking 19th century tech, then it would be the telegraph set you played with as a kid. <laughs> uh, he says uh, for 20 or 21st century, he's um, thinking that's, He's probably his first computer, which was his uh, Coleco Atom. Oh, I remember the. So Coleco. I'll put uh, I'll put a link in the show notes to uh, to Tim's blog. He's got some great screenshots or pictures of the screen. He's got one of Dragon's Lair. Yeah, on Dragon's there. Lair, Donkey Kong. Great game that was. Um, and using a, a word processor and a calculator on uh, on the uh, Coleco Atom. So uh, that one was uh, that one was pretty impressive. Well, our friends at Juice It Up, uh, they want. To uh, to mention their Star Trek communicators and that they were cool. 
I think I also had a Star Trek communicator, even when I was uh, so young that I didn't even watch Star Trek, but I, I knew what they were. I'm going to let you know a little secret. I still want one. And I don't want just one. I want a working one that will actually get me to the Enterprise. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, uh, Teresa said uh, an Atari, uh, definitely um, in the Wayback Machine. And our friend Tony said the, his uh, Radio Shack 30 electric projects in one. Uh, oh, boy, did that equipment made and made 50 projects. Wow, I don't remember those. So, you know, I'll tell you, uh, Tony's not only a friend, he's my brother. And um, growing up, Tony's uh, Tony is uh, um, very skilled in the uh, electrical arts. And I remember uh, as a very young child, he had wired the, his bedroom so that if I opened his door, he would know exactly, you know, and this was in the, you know, late 70s, early 80s. I would, he could tell exactly what time it was. It would like do something and make it freeze the clock at exactly the right time. And you couldn't overwrite it. Um, and he always, he was geeked out on, on, on radio shack stuff. <laughs> That's gotta be scary. <laughs> so, so that was some of, uh, some of, um, our old school tech and some of, uh, your old school tech. And, uh, if you didn't get a chance to call and let us know what your old school tech is, but you still want to let us know, by all means, give us a call at five, six, five, three, two, two, nine. Or send them to mail at podcaststockton.com. A little secret about that email address is when you send mail to mail at podcaststockton, it actually goes to both of us. Little, that's your little tech uh, It's nice because sometimes, you know, I, I get an email from somebody about something and then I'll, I'll call Rod and I go, hey, Rod, did you, know, did you hear about this? And, and you already know about it. Of course. <laughs> oh, it of went course. to mail. If you send it to both of us, see? Look yeah. at how far gadgets have gone. Yes, that's high tech. We went from making Mario hop into little tubes to sending <laughs> out email to everybody in their, in their brother's. <laughs> so yeah, if you uh, if you still want to let us know about um, your uh, old school tech, feel free to let us know. Hi, this is Wes with the Stockton Conference and Visitors Bureau with your Stockton Activities Guide. It's Valentine's weekend and there's a lot of stuff on our calendar. We're going to kick it off with the Stockton Stingrays Sweetheart Breakfast. That'll be at the community senator. Center for the Blind and Visually Impaired here in Stockton. Uh, that's Saturday, February 13th. Starts at 9. Tickets are 10 bucks. Build your own omelet. And the Celebrate Love in downtown Stockton event. I think this one might be sold out, but you can always give them a call at 464-5246. This includes the river cruise and the complimentary um, a meal and a photo and all this great stuff for couples. And so uh, contact the Downtown Alliance for that one. I know it was selling like hotcakes. Uh, it's also Wine and Chocolate Weekend in Lodi. These are tickets are 45 bucks. You get to cruise around at different wineries, do some tasting and some chocolate tasting also. And this event in its 13th year, very, very popular. Be sure to not drink and drive and has a designated driver for this event, but it's really cool. And let me see, Red and White Ball, Stockton Empire Theater. This is with Waterloo. And if you're interested in that, contact uh, the Empire Theater at StocktonEmpireTheater.com. Tickets for that are 20 bucks. And the Stockton Symphony is doing Valentine's Pops this weekend, uh, Broadway Tunes. And uh, that is Saturday, February 13th at Delta College. And if you're not into the romantic, you know, lovey-dovey stuff, um, be sure to check out the Hagen Museum. They're having a Celtic family festival this weekend. Their family festivals are always great. Tons of activities for kids, storytelling, games, dance, uh, and other hands-on activities focusing on the Celtic arts and culture. 
Uh, for more information, be sure to check out visitstockton.org. And if you're not signed up for our weekly email, you need to go out and do that. Learn every Wednesday what's going on in the upcoming weekend. And you can find that info at visitstockton.org. And until next weekend, be sure to go out there and celebrate Stockton. Thank you for listening to Podcast Stockton, Episode 27. We want to thank Michael Seymour of Suddenly Seymour for joining us. If you want to learn more about Michael, you can follow him on Twitter at twitter.com slash suddenly209. Or you can check out his show this Saturday, Plea for Peace. Coming up next week, we want to know how you do your taxes. Are you old school? Do you do it with a pen and paper and a calculator? Are you new school? Do you uh, bring your computer along and take TurboTax and do them? It's time for the tax man. Hey, the, the death and taxes. Death and taxes, yeah. So are you 1.0, 2.0, somewhere in the middle? Where are you? Leave us a message at 209-565-3229 or send your comments to mail at podcastdoctor.com or visit us on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter at uh, podcastdoctor. And me at RJ Gomez. For links to all the things we talked about today, visit our show notes at podcaststockton.com. And until next time, make it great, Stockton.